The face of Latina professionals propels women of color to reach their highest potential through education, community, and self-development. Join us as we come together to provide a platform for Latina voices to connect and be heard on the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Paola Meinzer, your host, and I would like to welcome you to the Face of Latina Professional. Today, we have an extraordinary guest, and it is the Ambassador Reina Torres Mendeville. She is the first consul of the embassy, or not the consulate here in Chicago. Welcome, Ambassador Torres. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. On the contrary, thank you so much for inviting me. I am delighted to be here. And I am looking forward for this opportunity to talk about the consulate, about the woman in public office. So thank you again for the invitation. Absolutely. So I'm going to share a little bit of your background with our audience. So. Um, a little bit about you that I have uh, the opportunity to, to research. You are um, a diplomatic that had, have held many positions in the Mexican Ministry of Foreign Affairs, including General Director for the Latin America and the Caribbean Deputy General Director of International Policy of Human Rights and Deputy Officer Chief of the Staff to the Secretary of Foreign Relations. She was also posted as the deputy chef of mission in the Mexican embassy in the Czech Republican and the, and the political liaison in the embassy of Mexico in the United States. Before she assumed her current position, she was an ambassador at the Consul General in San Antonio, Texas, and before as general director of the protection of Mexicans abroad. The ambassador Torres was also resident fellow at the Harvard University Waterhead Center for International Affairs and participating in the Hemisphere Security Program at the Inter-American Defense College in Washington, D.C. She graduated from the Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, UNAM, and had holds a master's degree in international relations from the London School of Economics. Wow. How an amazing career and how accomplished. Once again, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you. So let's start talking about that journey. How did that look like? How, how, how come you decided to uh, pursue a career in, um, in foreign affairs? Well, I, I actually don't know because my, my family is uh, in a different field. My, my mother and my father have been um, have had careers or had careers because both are retired in the in the uh, hospital, um, you know, me, atmosphere. And my brother is a doctor, so he is also in that field. Um, so I don't know. My my sister is in education, so I'm the only crazy, the, the crazy <laughs> little one now, not so little, but I was the, the crazy one that decided to pursue a career in diplomacy. I was always very much interested in what was going on in the world. I wanted to to know, to learn, and travel. And I was fortunate enough to uh, participate in, in one of the first public contests that the Minister of Foreign Affairs organized for younger generations to join, to join the diplomatic service. So I, I joined the, 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 foreign, um, the Foreign Diplomatic Corps when I was uh, just, just about, just graduated from university. I was 
21 or 22. So I've been here for 30 years already. So I, I just... Mm. Um, I just you know, give you away my age, so hopefully start, people is not you start, adding. <laughs> you start your career when you were five. It's exactly. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's let's pretend that. But yeah, I've been I've been um, in in the Mexican diplomatic service for thirty years, and I've been really fortunate to have a career um, in this in this field that I love so much and that I appreciate so much. Wonderful. So let's touch base a little bit about being the first consul for the consulate here in Chicago. How, what, what, does, what does that mean and, and, and how did that happen? And, and I bet the responsibility. Tell me how you feel about that. It's incredible, isn't it? That, that at, this, at this time, I mean, I, I'm the first woman that uh, you know, um, was appointed to this office. Um, Chicago is part of our consulate network in the US. We have 50 consulates. Um, in the United States, five in, in Canada. So it's a very, very large consular network, the one that Mexico has here. For obvious reasons, it has to do with our diaspora. But, you know, out of those uh, 50 offices, undoubtedly, the, 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 the most important or the biggest one are where our community resides in, in large numbers. And that is, of course, those in California, mainly um, Los Angeles, of course, Texas, you know, Dallas is, is a huge one, uh, New York. Uh, but Chicago is in, in, it's always in second place after, after Dallas now in the amount of services that we provide, in the amount oh. of documents. People may think that, you know, perhaps LA is the largest one. They are certainly very large, but there are many consulates around. We have um, 10 consulates in, in California. Mm -hmm. But here in Chicago, being one of the largest offices, uh, there has never been until and until I came in 2019. Uh, there, there were never, you know, women appointed here. So it's such a privilege to be able to lead a wonderful team in one of the largest uh, consular representations that we have abroad. Yes, but also what a responsibility. I mean, yes, it's, it's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. And with that being said. Um, Let's talk about a little bit of data, I'm talking about population, because I mean, besides the obvious that we know that the Hispanic population is the growing um, population in the United States, I have some data, but it's probably not gonna be as, as accurate the problem that you have. So as, as, as far as I know, I think that um, Hispanics United States, I think that we are as, 17% and then 60-something, 60 61% maybe uh, Mexicans? Or can you give me maybe or you have a little more of accurate data? It's on, larger on that? than that. Uh, out of the, yes. the, the total amount of Hispanics in the U.S., I think around 80% of them are Mexicans. Um, things have changed in recent years, but you know how the migration flows behave. Is very is not very um, steady. It, it changes. It moves according to different circumstances. But in general terms, I can tell you that uh, people of Mexican origin—that means perhaps first or second generation uh, plus Mexican citizens, people that were born in Mexico—amounts up to 35 million um, persons in the U.S. So that's that's huge. Um, out of those 35, 36 million. 11 million is people that were born in Mexico. And out of those 11 million, around 5, 6 millions are uh, undocumented persons. Many people think that all Mexicans are documented, or the large majority of Mexicans are undocumented. Actually, 
80% of the uh, total amount of Mexicans living here uh, have entered, you know, with, with, with uh, proper documents in a regular manner. That doesn't mean that the consulate uh, emphasizes one, uh, you know, above the other. We serve all our community. Good. So my my um, numbers, my figures here for, for Illinois is uh, we serve the entire state of Illinois plus the northern part of Indiana, and we serve... Uh, close to 3 million persons of Mexican origin in this region. Wow. Once again, as I mentioned, what a responsibility you have in your shoulders, but with the background that you have, absolutely, you have this cover, right? No I problem. have to say that I, I'm privileged <laughs> enough to lead a wonderful team. So all the, the members of the consulate are amazing. Wonderful. So one of the things that you just mentioned, um, it was kind of the, the generations. Let's talk about generations, first generation, second generation, and third generations. I'm very curious about what do you see um, that have changed within those generations? Like, What are the things that maybe that first generation were very, um, very um, tied to the customs and everything compared to second generation and third generation? Do you see like a huge gaps, what are the things that the maybe the second and third generation have lost throughout the years and what they are the things that you still that they still um, are tied to uh, for those kind of customs or, or traditional um, affairs in the family or or just as a culture in general. That is see? an amazing question. Thank you so much for asking that because actually um, Things have changed, uh, I would say, very, uh, very much in recent years. And let me tell you something. Just a few days ago, we were celebrating 10 years of DACA for, you know, that opportunity yes. for dreamers yes. to to um, have a regular migratory status. Those wo those moments when, when DACA was out were kind of eye opening for uh, for the way the Mexican government was um, 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 doing things for, for our diaspora, the way we were communicating with our nationals. Uh, because for the first time, we realized that they were these other generations. We started producing information for them in English because they not necessarily would speak Spanish. And I would say that many decades ago, the first approaches that we have of the way we communicate with, with uh, the Mexicans here were very paternalistic. We tried to make them speak Spanish, stay close to the to the culture of Mexico that's that's something positive both those things were positive but cannot be all the 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 the, the programs that we have we need to do more so now that we have changed uh, like 180 degree what we were doing before now what we're doing is promoting um, a, a, a Mexican American community that is bilingual that is bicultural binational um, we want them to feel strong stronger because they have a foot on one side of the border and on the other. Yeah. Many times we have heard this thing, you know, we feel that we're not from here or from there. We feel rejected back in Mexico and also here. We want that to be erased. We want them to be much more um, powerful, you know, uh, you to stand uh, really firm in those with those uh, two fits, one on one side of the border and the other one here. Yes, and I can just imagine um, just how maybe a third generation feel, you're right, am, am I belonging to here, am I more American, but I still 
Mexican that's 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 very interesting probably to to look into that so what are the the things that you see maybe that third generation that are still um, that now are more surrounded of course with the American environment besides their family or maybe closest friends what are the things that they still that you you see that they can still um, um, keep within their their life the traditions like around the holidays for instance or what what are the kind of things that you still see that there's always going to be once you're a Mexican you never you know you're never going to live I was mentioned to you that some of my friends call me that I'm the the most Mexican Colombian <laughs> that they ever know and I absolutely love 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 your you know your culture your country I have the opportunity to to visit um, different places in your country. I absolutely love it. I still, I love rancheras. I love mariachis. And I'm from Colombia. I grow in Colombia. And to this day, of course, I love when I get together with, with my Mexican friends. We love to listen to a, a good mariachi and have, of course, a good tequila. And now mezcal, that is very popular. So exactly. besides that, <laughs> what other traditions do you well, see let, that they do the kids? Let me tell you that this, this romance that we have with Colombians <laughs> is mutual because we love your music, the way you dance. We love many things about Colombia as well. <laughs> Thank you. But let me let me tell you, um, what is, it's a constant, I, I'm, I'm going to say two things. Um, there are specific needs of our community that we uh, try to address in different manners, and mainly with partnerships with local organizations. That's, you know, the regular things that people may know. Um, health, of course, financial literacy, of course, the documents and all those processes that, that, that we do at the consulate, the protection. But there's another huge field that has to do with culture and has to do with education. I, I, I really, I firmly believe that the most important thing for our community, whether it's first, second, third generation, is the possibility for the younger members of our community to have an education. Um, um, whether you know, I, 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 whether it's in, in Spanish when necessary, because they have recently you know arrived to this country back from Mexico. If it's bilingual, we do a lot of um, contacts. We are constantly in contact with elementary schools, providing them with Mexican textbooks. So they can, you know, continue their education in Spanish where they kind of immerse in the English speaking uh, culture. Uh, so education is one, one of those. And we provide a lot of services uh, in that field. But the other one is culture. And so you are, you are right on the spot. Um, it doesn't matter what generation you belong to. You still identify yourself with mariachi because that's the music that you heard in your house when you were little. You uh, you identify yourself with with the, with the language, you know, with Spanish because that's the language of your grandparents. Okay. Uh, the Dia de Muertos, of course. Uh, but you know what is really interesting is that after all these years and the and the very um, you know. The, the, the very um, solid presence of our community in this country now is something that they can share with other people. It's not only the Mexicans that celebrate the Day of the Dead or the quinceañeras or the, you know, have piñatas in, 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 in birthday parties. Now you can see uh, members of other communities also uh, kind of joining this, this part of the Mexican culture and actually enjoying and feeling a beautiful traditions as, as the day of the death. Oh, absolutely. And you just touched that, you know, that point that is, is actually how also uh, we're very lucky that your culture actually has shaped 
a lot of the American culture in general. Who doesn't love a good taco, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't, I, and, and I just mentioned this because I, I was talking to a very good friend. She owns a company and she's in the food industry. And she was mentioned, and I don't want to, I, want, I don't want to misquote her, but she was mentioning that there's more taco stands or more restaurants serving Mexican food than even Italian food throughout the United States. And that it's, you know, definitely, once again, is, is the shape of, of the culture. So that merge, which is beautiful as well, because American, there's not really a lot of the, of the just the American in self culture anymore. It's, it's a melting pot, which is beautiful, good. Uh, one of the good, good things about America is that they have place, people from all over the world. But of course, the the growing the growing community, of course, it's hard or Hispanic communities, which I'm very proud of, um, that they have opened the doors as well to for us over here. But going back to um, going back to the programs for the for the consulate, um, you were mentioned cultural um, initiatives. Anything right now that that you would like to maybe share any of the programs that you're going to have throughout the year that maybe um, the Mexican community or even the American community should be aware of. For instance, I, I think that I, I, had, I had attended El Grito, un, one of the events is El Grito Mexicano. Will you tell us a little bit about all those different events that are representing your your either Independence Day or anything that you want to share? You know, one of the things that people um, enjoy the most about the, the, the Latino, the Latinx culture or um, the Mexican culture is precisely that we party a lot, that we know how to celebrate. <laughs> um, this year we celebrated for the first time the Mexico Week in Chicago around the Cinco de Mayo. That is such an emblematic um, date for for the Mexican community. This is not our independence celebration. I keep repeating that. I know, and and I'm so glad that you mentioned. I was going to do a reference to that because I thought that I wanted to take the opportunity or give you the opportunity to maybe share with with many people that do not know the difference between the Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco but de Mayo you. is the day that you know, took place the battle in Puebla, Mexico, where the Mexican army defeated the army of France, which was at that time, you know, the strongest army in the world. Uh, so that was very symbolic for us. Uh, those were the days in which uh, the Mexico was taking shape as a country when we were developing our institutions. So it was a major, major battle. And it remind, uh, reminds us that, you know, how strong we can be when we are together. Um, there are many things that tie the United States, you know, that Zaragoza, who was the general that fought that battle, was born in, in nearby San Antonio, Texas. So, you know, there is a connection with the United States right there. But um, that's, uh, we of course celebrate Cinco de Mayo. And for some reason, that's a date that lives in the imagination of all the public in the U.S. So they, they want to bring tequila and they want to have tacos on that day, which is fine. So that's why we uh, created the Week of Mexico in Chicago around Cinco de Mayo. Okay. And this year, uh, we had many, many things, um, gastronomic and also, you know, related to um, culture and literature. But uh, the thing that we are, we're very proud of all of them, but something that will remain in Chicago 
is a sculpture that we brought from the Mexican artist Jorge Marin. It's called The Wings of Mexico. Oh. And it's now in Plaza de las Americas on Michigan Avenue. Oh, wow. By the Wrigley Building. This beautiful uh, sculpture is a set of wings. And people, it's it's amazing because it interacts with the public. So people are, you know, in line all day long trying to get their photograph taken with the wings of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it symbolizes something that we were you were asking before. It symbolizes uh, the power of our diaspora, but not only the Mexican diaspora. It symbolizes migration and how it makes this country so rich, so diverse, and so strong and so beautiful. So it's a homage. It's, it's, it pays tribute to Chicago as a welcoming city, but also to the million of migrants that make this city and this country amazing. And you were referring to El Grito. That's in September 15th. And that uh, is the reenactment of what our founding father, El Cura Hidalgo, um, did to call uh, to the people to go and fight for our independence from the Spaniards, the Spaniard, you know, the Kingdom of Spain. Uh, so those are two different dates. So we celebrate all year long. In a <laughs> nutshell, that's it. We celebrate all year long. Yes, yes. Great. No, thank you so much for, for sharing because we want to keep an eye on those celebrations so we don't miss them since they're so much fun, right? Um, any other services that you would like to, that you have incorporated since you have been in the consulate that you would like to maybe share uh, with with our audience? I remember that I have I saw you um, sharing at the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce um, an opportunity for maybe support uh, scholarships or educational programs that you have. You might to share a little bit oh, about absolutely. I thought that was very interesting. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about that. Um, there is something called IME Becas, scholarships that are uh, part of the programs of the Institute of Mexicans Abroad. And they are to help students of Mexican origin uh, in the school system here um, for higher education. Uh, so all uh, graduate students that, you know, may, may need that, we distribute these resources through the universities. As I said, education is one of our strongest uh, fields of work with, with the community. Uh, but the other thing, you know, uh, I want to keep the people to keep in mind that um, the services that we provide are still there, that we are getting stronger so we can serve them better. But there are also these other things, you know, the culture, we're approaching other communities like the African-American community, celebrating Juneteenth and, and you know, other um, opportunities for our community to be empowered. That, that is awesome. And speaking about that, so where people can go to find more information since we're kind of getting to the end of our interview, where can people find out more information about the programs and about the services that you offer? So follow uh, us in, in social media. We're on Facebook. You, they, they can just put uh, Consulado de Mexico or cons- in Chicago or Consulmex Chicago. Also on Twitter, in Instagram. Uh, we don't have TikTok yet, but, you know, we're, you're, <laughs> we're looking you're into that. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything. But, you know, if that let us uh, connect with the younger generations, we'll do it. We'll do whatever we need to be in, in the, you know, in the presence, to have presence with all our communities. Wonderful. So, Ambassador Reina, I am very, very thankful uh, to have you here today. I'm sure that the audience have really enjoyed the conversation and all the great information you have shared. And I'm looking forward to see all the wonderful things that you're going to continue doing and representing women in business, Latina in business, uh, or in public, uh, in public 
different positions. But I'm very, very thankful for your time. And um, to the audience, thank you so much for listening and follow us as well in social media. And uh, looking forward to our next conversation. Have a wonderful day and blessings. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. My pleasure.